career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, it's me, Rick Clemens, the host of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk. We are back for another candid conversation about stuff that guys need to be talking about, but maybe aren't. And I just want to remind you guys that coming up in June, our second, no, it's actually going to be our third chat it's going to be june 2nd from 6 p.m to 7 p.m in the evening this is where any guys who are 40 plus can hop online in a zoom call we get together we chat about whatever it is that's going on for us guys and we've been having a great turnout so i want to invite you to do that if you want to join us there please go to 40 plus men's chat it could be either the four zero like the number men's chat or spell out the word 40 plus men's chat.com and one of the things that I know is I'm feeling a little bit stressed like everybody else. And I think most of us guys are, but something that I don't think many of us guys are talking about is how vulnerable we might be feeling right now with all this craziness that's gone on since our plan has shifted and <laughs> put us on the path of survival. And one of my buddies who we met through National Speakers Association in a very interesting way, which I think we'll get into a little bit in the podcast here. I reached out to him and said, I think he'd be a great conversation. His name is Matt Ward. He is the founder of Breakthrough Champions. He's a speaker. He's a facilitator. He's an amazing guy who really brings people to that space where they can help get more word of mouth referrals and make lifelong customers. But even with the business he's building, when I said, hey, I think you'd be good on this podcast, he was immediately Johnny on the spot and said, yes, and I want to talk about vulnerability and responsibility that I'm feeling right now to keep my family and my livelihood afloat. And I said, right on, man, let's do it. So welcome to the podcast, Matt. Glad to have well, you. Well, thanks for having me on, my friend. I greatly appreciate it. It's, uh, you, you're doing wonders out there in the world, and I'm just happy to be part of it. So the way Matt and I met is we hooked up in an airport and fishing. So <laughs> that's a short story. <laughs> that is a real short story, but it was actually really interesting. So What's it been? Three years ago? Four yeah, years ago, four. Actually, I think it was four. Maybe I think it is four. We were yeah. we were both standing outside the Orlando airport, waiting to get picked up by our respective Ubers. Yep. And you were helping kinda, a lady. Yeah, I was with the some, app. Right, helping them with the app, and and once I got done with that, we both kind of had this fun little exchange about you know people and technology yep. or whatever, and. You know, just one of those little interesting exchanges you have with people, you know? And then we're off our ways. We yeah. get into our own Ubers. Uh, and uh, yours was there before mine, I remember. Mm -hmm. And uh, probably close to 10 minutes or so before yeah, mine. Yeah. And then uh, I pull up to the hotel for the conference and you pull up like 30 seconds behind me. And I'm like, Oh, you're the guy at the airport. Uh -huh. And then I'm like, uh -huh. wait, you left 10 minutes before me. How did that happen? And you're like, well, I stopped <laughs> to get a case of water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it was just so ironical because then we started talking there and we both ended up being at the National Speakers Association conference. And 
both of us being on our virgin voyages there, we kind of became friends and then we found out some other stuff about different things we were doing together. Yeah. And um, the friendship has grown since then. So uh, yeah. Yeah, we've stayed in why. touch ever since. I'll, I'll never yeah. forget that we were sitting at the same table at the Cavett Institute, which was a uh, a pre conference day, and yeah. it was very good. We learned a lot about each other that day. So. We did, we did, and even now, I knew when when Matt said, "Man, I just want to talk about this vulnerability and responsibility stuff that he's feeling." I'm like, I know he won't hold anything back. No. So here's the problem, Rick, and in like, I mean, I think that as men yeah. over forty. Yep. We've gotten to a point in our lives where we've had a modicum of success. Mm -hmm. And in comes the gremlin COVID-19. Yep. And for some people, it was more of an annoyance, meaning they are gamefully employed. Right. Uh, the revenue is still coming in the door. Uh, maybe the kids are home because schools are closed. And that's the problematic annoyance, so to speak. Right. 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 Uh, where maybe they are, depending on where they are in the country, maybe they are working from home. And so the dog is bothering them while they're working, or maybe the kids want a little bit more family time or something. Yep. But then there's the other people, right? And so those, by the way, those people think they're superbly inconvenienced, mm -hmm. right? I know what's going on in their head. They're thinking, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. I have to work from home like this all day. Right. And they have no concept to really understand how many other men over the age of 40 mm -hmm. have lost all of their income. Yep. And they don't know where that money's coming from. The joys of entrepreneurship. That's right. <laughs> and and even internally, even though there's some rainy day to some degree oh, sure. funds there, there's not, there's no, not there's, a lot, you know, no, none of us have six months of, no. I, yeah. Call us on the line right now. Uh, yeah. 1 800 40 plus men. Yeah. Uh, like, if, that's if not going to work, right? right? No one's right. calling us right now to tell us that they actually followed Susie Orman's advice. Right. 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 There's a, there, there might be one person, right. but the majority of people don't have six or 12 months of rainy day funds. And so there are people sitting at home going, okay, I have no income and I, I am responsible. Mm hmm. I, I put the foundation down. I bought this house. I was 50% of that decision, if not more. I had children that I have to raise and provide for and worry about where the college is coming. And what am I going to do with my retirement? Oh my God. And they sit at the computer and they stare and they watch the stock market tank and they watch their money tank and and they wonder because the i did it i did it the other day and it, look i don't have kids my significant other lisa has children uh one is out of the house one is still here 15 year old daughter um we have i have a responsibility for them it's inherent it's not talked about it's not discussed we don't say okay you you know you're paying 20 percent. we didn't do all that thing they, they you know lisa works for me and um so she, so she doesn't have gainful you know income right. coming in or whatever and and so you know and 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 they want things right i mean they want yeah just well, today i think i heard want, do you have a hundred dollars and i'm right. like do i have a hundred dollars right can i have a loaf of bread right, i mean exactly 
So and it's there's choice. Yeah, it's interesting, Matt, because I wish guys would just admit this is what I'm feeling like right now. Oh, dude. So like right when you messaged me that day, I literally was having like a breakdown, like mm -hmm. mentally wondering, look, I to be perfectly honest with you, Rick, I have income coming in because I have you know, investment income right sure, coming sure. in. I've just structured my life in a way that I have some income. Right. So as of right now, I can pay my bills. Right. But that may change drastically very soon. Mm -hmm. Yep. And if that happens, I'm in a whole world of trouble. Mm -hmm. And I worry about that. Yep. And I wonder, what is that doing to my health? What is yep. that doing to my stress levels, my blood pressure? Um, do I need to have, do I need to have a higher dosage of blood pressure meds? Right. right? Exactly. Do, do, you know, is it, is some people, is this going to drive some people to drink? Mm -hmm. I don't have that problem, but that doesn't mean somebody else doesn't. Yep. And I and just they, wonder, it, it just begs how we're going to redefine coping too. Yeah. So like I was th the day that I was thinking about that, Rick, I just had to just take a very deep, breath yep. just like mm -hmm. and hold it as long as i could yeah not to the point where it hurt but just to the point where i just calmed my muscles right mm -hmm. because the the anxiety that people are are starting to have is going to take an effect. And while it's true, yes, I mean, I don't think we can change the fact that men over 40, I mean, that's the market, that's the people yeah. we're talking to at the moment, men yeah, over yeah, 40 yeah. feel this way. I don't think we can change the way they feel and we certainly can't tell them how to feel. Right. But we can tell them that their friends are dealing with this too. Yep. And it, if you don't feel comfortable talking to your spouse or significant other about this because that might worry them or inflame the situation, yep. then you should call your friend yes. and talk to your friends mm -hmm. because trust me, they are feeling this too. They may not exactly want to admit it right off the bat. You might have to get into a five or 10 minute conversation to say, hey, do you think about this? Do you think about what if I can't pay the mortgage? Do you think about what the priorities are on Maslow's hierarchy of needs of food or shelter? Or, right? Do you, are you, exactly. are you thinking through this stuff? Mm -hmm. You know, the, it's interesting, Matt, because I, I, so I kind of alluded to the men's chat that we do once a month and the first one happened right as this was starting to become something in the US. In fact, it happened like a week after my husband and I had come back from vacation and right as he started his new job. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, this will be cool. But you know, I threw it out there like, hey, here, let's just start doing these chats because I wanted something to align with this podcast. Like, how can I build community? Right. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to watch the responses start to come in, you know, the confirmation start to come in that people were going to join. And I kept looking at him like, I don't know that name. I don't know that name. I and before it was all said and done, I think there was like eight or 10 guys that showed up for that first one. I didn't know any of them. Hmm. And I thought, well, this is interesting. This is good, right? Mm -hmm. Because this tells me there's a need. And then there was an interesting twist to all of this too, that 
you know, this podcast isn't about most people know that, you know, I have the other podcast that's about coming out and all mm -hmm. LGBTQ stuff and everything. And the guys that all showed up happened to all be gay. And I thought, well, that's even more interesting because this, this isn't targeted to those guys, right? I mean, it is, it can be for any guy. And then suddenly I did another one, a different crowd, mostly focused on gay people. And again, all the people that showed up except for two, I had no idea who they were. Two of them that showed up were, had been on the other call. And then I did a third one for a totally different crowd. Mm -hmm. And I had the same thing happen. Completely different people except for two, but I didn't know any of them. But the commonality was they were all men. There has not been one woman show up and one of them would be open to women, okay? But I thought this is really interesting because this is informing me in my business head of, okay, mm -hmm. Rick, this is where you, yes, this is where you're supposed to be playing, right? But secondly, I've been seeing vulnerability. I've been seeing fear. I've been seeing uncertainty, compassion, support, caring. And when I step away from that, I'm like, yes, guys, we can do this. We just have to give ourselves the space to go do it. Yeah. And look, let me just say it right out there, dude, there are certain things about this whole situation. I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm full of fear. Like I have no idea what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing I, that I have as a superpower and I always had in my business is I'm a forward thinker. So like, for instance, when you go way back to situations of the mass shooting scenarios, which have been happening a lot in the United States, every single time now I go to a movie theater, I'm very aware of where I am, where the exits are, and I make sure I'm very clear with Lisa. That's the exit. Yep. We go, if this happens, that's the exit. We, like, we actually talk about these things. And I don't do it from a position of fear. I do it from a position of planning. Yes. And so what I've been doing is sort of thinking through scenarios. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I, me purposely, I like to think through from the worst situation back. Because to me, that that seems more logical in the way I think. Right. Yep. And so I say, okay, what's the worst case scenario? Well, the worst case scenario is there's martial law and people come to my house and they try to rob me or whatever. Right. So right. what's the scenario in that situation? And then I back it up and I say, okay, what's, what if, what if I'm totally fine in my house? There's, you know, my house isn't being approached by anybody or anything and there's no, no violence. And so, but, but I don't have food. So where do I get that? Right. And I right. think about that. And like in my case, I have a well. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm fine with the well yep. provided I have power. Sure. There's yep. a pump on the well. Yep. And I have a backup generator. So because <laughs> right. I live, I live in a, in a town with no traffic light and you know, not a lot of people. Right. So I have a backup generator that can last me for a period of time and will run the water pump. Right. So I can get water, but now I'm already thinking, okay, if that's the scenario, you know, so I'm not like a doomsday prepper of any no, kind, but no. I'm just thinking through some things. And what that does is it helps me almost exhaust some of that anxiety and not mm -hmm. hold it in and talk through some things, you know? And then, so for like, one of the things that happened when all this stuff started going down was like the whole grocery store thing and the run on toilet paper, which I, I have no concept of. Like, 
to me, that just makes no completely no sense. I'm like, nope. if you run out of toilet paper, you go to the bathroom and you, you take a shower. It like it right. makes no exactly. sense. Yeah. Like how many, how many people run out of toilet paper when they're camping? Right. This makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I said to her, I said, listen, this is right before it all started. I said, you, 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 she does all the grocery shopping. So I'm like, you need to go to the grocery store this weekend. And I want you on every trip just to start buying a couple cans of this and a couple cans exactly. of that. And I said, because at the time, this is exactly what I said, Rick. I'm not worried about the virus. I'm worried about the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more worried about the virus now. Yep. But, um, but, and I'm even more worried about the people, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. the people were making runs on those things. And then um, they also still go out. They don't shelter in place and things like that. And so, and so we literally, now she won't even go to the grocery store. Now I have to go um, because she's, she's doesn't want to deal with that anymore. Well, you know, and it's interesting because we, we've been pretty conscious of this whole thing and we've been very much, okay, we're going to, we're going to follow through. Right. But even as we go out, it's like one of us goes in the store, even if we're together, just, okay, one of us goes in the store, you know, and only one of us goes in the store and we, you know, we've just started wearing masks, our own little Mm -hmm. homemade ones for right now, but we're very conscious of it, you know, and it, it's interesting to watch the human being or human animal, so to speak, of the people who are like, yeah, I'm not going to do anything. I mean, I was in CVS and then a Bond's grocery store wearing my mask and people weren't. And I was like, okay, do your thing. But I, I, where is the stone that you're living under that you're not hearing all this stuff that I'm hearing, you know? Because it's just interesting, like, okay, you can hear this, but then people aren't acting on things. And then from that responsibility, you know, one of the things you brought up when you said, hey, yeah, let's do this. I feel like I'm even being challenged to be even more responsible now. Yeah. Well, in different ways, you know. Yeah. And of course, the the other thing, too, is we're going to think of things a little differently, like regarding the mass and and me and Lisa might disagree on. Do we wear homemade? Do we wear construction masks that I have right. in my toolkit that aren't N95 at all? Right. They're like dust masks for sanding or something. Right. But like, you know, how do we how do we deal with like literally? She's like the hand sanitizer police in our house right now. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, we're in our house. Like, right. but so it's just like, you know, yeah, I'm I'm responsible. So there's certain things that I can't even. I don't even think about, and that's that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I also think there's an interesting piece of owning responsibility here. And you said it earlier and it got me thinking about, you know, I'm responsible. Yes, I'm responsible. But then I caught myself last week, you know, in a weird moment, like, okay, but was I responsible enough? Have I been responsible enough to be in this? And then I started getting in a really weird headspace, like, okay, you could have done this and you could have yeah. done that. And I'm like, you know what? I, the I second guessing. The so that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. We got to be careful of the inner critic. Yep. Like, and this is the thing is that I think that we, we have to admit that we are vulnerable. We have to mm-hmm. admit that uh, I think inherently many of us think that we're responsible and we feel that we're responsible, but we often don't articulate that to other people. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, once we start articulating it to our friends and even our family, then more dialogue happens. The more communication that happens in our relationships right now, the better it is for everybody. Like Mm -hmm. we want to make sure our our family knows what, what we think is best and, 
we have a dialogue about it and then we all decide on what's best and then we implement what we've all decided, but none of that can happen if we're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's a challenge. I mean, we're having very difficult conversations right now about life insurance. Like where's mm-hmm. the policy? Yep. Like pull it out. Where it's we, we deal were, with we the were, trust and pull we it were out. out hiking on Saturday and way back in the hills where I think we literally maybe ran across 10 people in the whole time we were out there. And my husband said to me, Oh, I guess maybe we should look at the will. I'm like, well, we don't need to look at the will. It's written. Yeah. But do the girls actually know? Right. Do they know that's where the big, it you is? know, that's the biggest problem, right? right. Is do they people know that where have it a will, is? but nobody knows where it is. Yeah. Do they know where it is? Do they know what it says? And I said, no, you're probably right. We probably need to have that hard conversation. You know, I know where it is. He kind of knew where it was because when we moved here, I didn't end up getting a post or a, you know, a bank box to lock everything up in. And so it's still here in the house, but I'm like, okay. So you well, hid it from him. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> So, but no, it's there, but it's, it is these interesting conversations and a a couple of friends of mine are actually doing a really cool, um, online event this weekend about, you know, managing couplehood in crisis and they've got like 200 spots open and it's not a, it's not a pay thing. It's like a, a free thing. And when I said, Hey, I'll, I'll promote that today. And Bob said, cool. He goes, but you know what? We're almost full. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Because there's so, you know, part of the reason, you know, and I, I don't think I've talked about this, um, but, you know, part of the reason that my business has tapered off is because a lot of people who may have been considering coming out of the closet or leaving their jobs or leaving a relationship, none of that's happening right now. Sitting tight right now. Yeah. Because you know what's happening right now, Rick? Everything's brewing. Yep. Everything is brewing everything is brewing. And I think it's going to be interesting for us as men, those of us who choose to tap into this. And I'm so glad you brought this to this conversation today, Matt. Those of us who choose to tap into our vulnerability will learn so much about ourselves right now. Like, okay, if I'm willing to open up and say stuff, how much will that then serve me in the years ahead? And I'm going to tell you right now, Rick, if you own it, and you talk about it right now, you are going to be the survivor of the zombie apocalypse. Yep. You're going to be so much better off. And, and it's interesting to have some conversations with people right now that I've seen guys open up to me that normally would never have like had those kind of conversations. I actually had one guy who I don't know super well, casual acquaintances. And he called, he goes, Hey, can you just talk to me for a minute? I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> Got plenty of time on my hands right now. <laughs> and he goes, I never really understood what coaching was, but can you explain that to me? And I thought, wow, this is interesting. And this is a guy that I could never see him stepping into that kind of space. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to coach him. I'm just going to tell him what it's about. And then as he started talking, I could hear his voice starting to quiver. And I finally said, I'll call him Dan. Dan, you're scared, aren't you? Because no, I'm not scared. I'm frightened. And I said, and when's the last time you ever admitted that to another man? Because he's married to a gal. And he goes, I don't think I have since I was a young boy. I said, and you don't know what to do with that, do you? 
he goes, I don't, I don't know what the shit to do with that. Mm -hmm. And it was just such an interesting conversation because Hey, I know it's not just men that are feeling this, but I think a lot of men are feeling this. Like, I don't know what to do with these things. We now go, these are emotions. <laughs> like, right. They're all we, lined it, up here. They're all like, let's, let's see how we can fuck with you today. Right. Yeah. Most of the time it's because we never dealt, we never had that side of emotion from our own father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And they never showed that to us. So we need to remember to show empathy and positive emotion. To our kids and the people in our lives, so that they aren't always looking for the approval from us, especially right now. Right. When we are vulnerable and they're turning to us for guidance and mm -hmm. decisions, and, you know, indecision is going to create a bigger issue. So talk about it, you know, make it I've, a family I've found, decision. I've found with and my two girls on. that. And my kids are 21 and 20. In fact, my oldest will turn 25 this month and there won't be any like, cool, let's go out wine tasting together. Let's, you know, none of that's happening. But I've found the more honest I am, which I'm pretty much honest with them a lot because of having come out of the closet at a very young age for both of them and just put it out there. But I've found that even at this stage, like, okay, yeah, here's what I'm feeling. What are you guys feeling? it helps them really be able to like, okay, if dad can say, this is what he's feeling, what he's dealing with, why would I hide what I'm dealing with? You know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's almost like you mirror, if you can mirror the emotion and back to something you just said about, you know, really letting those emotions positively show up. And there's nothing wrong with an emotion that's negative. In fact, I think a negative emotion helps you like break through to the positive one, but letting those emotions be there instead of building, putting what most of us men do, I'm going to hide this. I'm going to put the armor on. Nobody's going to see it. This is not the time to put the armor on. Maybe there's a piece of armor. Like I'm going to thrive through this. But I think the biggest thing of this whole conversation today is about allowing those emotions to be vulnerable, to realize you're not sure how you can be responsible to realize you don't know what certainty means. Those are going to be the things that are going to help you thrive even though that sounds counterintuitive, those things are what's going to truly help you thrive in this right now. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree, man. And if anybody's an expert at this, it's you, you know how to talk to people in this demographic. That's expert. for sure. I'm, I might be a fabulous gay man at this, but you know, <laughs> Hey, there we go. You know, but um, no. And I, I love that we had this conversation, Matt, because I think guys yeah. need more of this right now. And it's obviously happening because of, what we're starting to see in, in the world where people are opening up. But um, I appreciate you doing this, man. And no problem, my friend. No problem. Thanks for having me on. You, uh, mm -hmm. On the other side, what is something that you know already that you will definitely do differently? Hmm. It's kind of a big question. I just threw That's a very big question. You know, um, one of the reasons a transition jobs out of a, digital agency owner and into a professional speaker was to, to, to sort of live more and capture more of my day and my time in my life. And, and I've been building that speaker business now for a couple of years, uh, three, three years, maybe four years. And um, I just haven't taken as much time to relish the experiences I was hoping to, to get out of that. And I think what I need to start doing is just uh, when I travel, for events. I need to just do more bookend days. I call them, mm -hmm. you know, extra free days in yep. towns and cities I've never been in before. And I think I just want to experience the culture and the, 
and God knows I want to experience the food, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big guy and I just yeah. want to eat it up. So yeah, yeah, that's been an adjustment. I mean, we, we try to get takeout once a week right now from a local restaurant, but definitely not. And we weren't big people that ate out anyway, but it's like, God, I just relish sitting in a restaurant right now. Oh, let me tell you yeah. something though. I'm, you know, I go to a restaurant primarily for the bread, right? Mm -hmm. Nice and warm. She, Lisa has figured out how to cook homemade bread uh -huh. and make the best bread I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And like once a week, she's making these Italian bread loaves and they're mm -hmm. so fantastic. So that's something that we discovered during COVID. <laughs> I think there's so many things people are going to discover. The interesting thing that I discovered, we'll talk about this and then wrap it up real quick was, um, about a week ago, I'm like, I am really tense. And I cannot figure out why I'm really tense because of all of the people, people like you and I, we're kind of used to doing this already. We work from home. Mm -hmm. This is not like new territory. And then actually, um, I'm sure, I think you know him, Jeff, Jeffrey Shaw. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'd posted something about that on Facebook and Jeffrey Shaw said, I think it's because we feel like we've had our territory invaded. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I think you're right. This used to be our cool little domains. Us work from home people with this. Mm -hmm. We had this thing. And now we're not the cool kids on the block anymore. Everybody else is doing this, you know? That's right. And it, so it's really interesting. So anyway, yeah. again, my good friend, Matt, we'll have all the information on how you can connect with him. And I highly recommend that you do connect with him. If you are somebody who's going to grow a business, even if you're trying to grow your business right now in this craziness, there's great stuff that Matt does about referrals and all that sort of stuff that you can always learn even when you're holed up in your house. So thanks again, buddy, for being here. I so appreciate it. No problem. It. Thanks for having me, Rick. That's a wrap for 40 plus real men, real talk where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, where the conversations continue.